Hey there, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the podcast. My name is Daniel Trinum, and I will be your host as always. Before we get started with today's episode, I want to let you know of a few things of note. First, you may or may not be aware that I host another podcast called The Third Seat. The Third Seat is unrelated to the podcast you are listening to right now, but if you'd like to check it out, then I will put a link in the description of today's episode that you can use to listen to it. If you like this podcast, then I really think you will like The Third Seat as well, so I highly recommend you check it out. Next, I want to let you know of a few ways you can support the podcast. First, be sure to tell a friend if you enjoy the show. Word of mouth is not only a great way to help support the show, but it's also zero cost. Secondly, if you enjoyed today's episode, then be sure to leave a five-star review wherever you get your podcasts. Leaving a positive review is one of the best ways of not only supporting the show, but it also gives me direct feedback from you regarding how you feel about the show overall. I greatly appreciate if you decide to take the time to support the show in any of these ways. Finally, if you'd like to follow me or the show on social media, then feel free to check out the description of today's episode. Here you will find all affiliated and mentioned links, as well as how you can support the show online. As always, I want to thank you for tuning into and supporting the show. It really means a lot to me, and I hope you enjoyed today's episode as much as I enjoyed making it for you. All right, everyone, welcome back to another episode of the podcast. My name is Daniel Trinum. I will be your host for the show as always, uh, and I'm glad you all have decided to tune in to today's episode. Um, my guest today on the show is someone that I'm really excited to talk to from the work that I've seen from them, from the things that they have done, the things I've found online about them. Uh, they seem like a very, just a very interesting individual, uh, someone that has done a lot of work in a lot of different fields, a lot of different creative fields, which uh, is, is very interesting to me because I don't consider myself to be an extremely traditionally creative person. So when I find someone who is, uh, I'm always excited to talk to that individual, pick their brain a little bit, see what they got going on and uh, just learn a little bit more about them. So yeah, it is it is my pleasure to welcome my guest, Lily Hansen today. So Lily, thank you for joining me. Thank you so much. I'm really happy to be here and what a lovely introduction. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're welcome. So like I said, I've, I've been reading a little bit about you and, and what you've done in the past and some of your work, but for those that are not aware of you and what you do, do you care to just to share a little bit about who you are, what you do, uh, where you're at right now? Because you're you are, I know you're from uh, you you currently are, are living in Nashville, but you're not currently in Nashville, if, if that's correct. Yes. Um, so currently I am in London. Um, I actually am from Chicago. Originally. Oh, you're from Chicago. Nice. I was raised in the city. Yes. Nice. Uh, so I always say, you know, uh, London kind of reminds me of Chicago in the best way. Um, I actually have lived in London several times. So I've been here since June. Um, but yeah, you know, I'm, I'm a born and bred city kid. And so, um, you know, I, I really thrive in a big metropolitan environment. Um, but yeah, as far as my career goes, you know, I am a writer. That's what I've done since I was about 21. That's when I started getting published. So around 14 years ago, I've written uh, three books, one ebook, and I have done a TED talk about my writing and interviewing career, uh, which I'm sure we'll get to talking about because that's yeah. kind of met. And I also recently in the last couple of years have gotten back into what I did all growing up, which is acting. And I've even gotten into making my own films. So uh, that's been a kind of a natural progression and, you know, translation of my skill sets, which are really about getting to know different characters and, um, you know, kind of what makes people tick. 
Yeah. And that, that's really what I want to hear about. Cause you, you told me, I definitely want to dive into just, uh, your, your, the whole experience of you, uh, delivering your Ted talk a few years ago. Uh, but first and foremost, before we dive any, into anything. So you mentioned that, uh, you're a born, a born and raised city kid, which is the, re- the reason why I say that is because, uh, so recently I was in Nashville. Uh, one of my, one of my good friends is getting married soon and he wanted to go there with, with me and all the guys that are in the wedding. And I was reminded how, so I grew up in a very, very small town. Like I'm talking a thousand people in East Tennessee, like, like very, very small town. And, uh, so I, I always think it's funny whenever, like, so you, you're from a very, obviously a very big city. You currently, you know, when you're not in London, you live in Nashville, but if you're in London right now, you're from Chicago. Have you ever been to the opposite where it's like middle of nowhere it out, out in the sticks, as we say, like, have you, have you ever been in an environment like that before? I have. Yeah. It's funny. Actually, my best friend in Chicago, uh, Jackie, she is from a very small town where they have like one stoplight. And yes. so um, yeah. I kind of became fascinated by that culture and environment when I met her in uh, college. And, you know, I met a couple other friends of mine that were from smaller cities. I really had never been anywhere that was like probably smaller than like 200,000 people. Um, yeah. I did a project a couple of years ago for a company called HCA. I was hired to do their 50th anniversary book. And so they actually sent me around to about 30 different cities all around the States uh, to their hospitals. And there I profiled, you know, doctors, nurses, all sorts of people. But um, some of the cities were huge and some were like teeny tiny little towns and I actually found them to be extremely charming I can't imagine what it'd be like to grow up in one um but yeah I'll say the recurring theme is when you grow up in a because I know some people they're like oh yeah I went to a I lived in a small town I'm like where did you really live like they they actually lived in like a suburb of a city you know and I'm like no I need I need to know if you've really lived in a small town and the 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 consensus is definitely you, everyone knows everything about everybody, you know, everybody around you, you know, everything going on in all their lives. Everyone sees all the baby pictures of everybody. Like it's, you're, you're kind of one big family, whether you like it or not, it's kind of, it's kind of hilarious. Uh, but I want, I want to ask you that just because I'm, I'm so accustomed to being around people that are from these tiny little rinky dinky little towns. So it's, it's cool to see someone who's from the exact opposite of that, you know? I've heard that. Yeah. I I actually was talking to someone the other day here in London and he said that he was from a very small town in France. And he said, you know, God, growing up dating must've been really easy for you because (laughs) your high school had like more people than my town did many, many options. And I would always joke growing up in Chicago. I mean, this is terrible to say, but you could date someone and you know, if you break up, they fall into like a black hole and you never see them again. (laughs) I can't imagine being in like a small town where I mean, it's like, you would literally have to see that person and then their grandparents and parents all the time. Oh yeah. You see them in class the next day. You see them at all the sporting events, every, every single thing you get to be around them. So it's a, it's definitely an interesting dynamic, but uh, you know, never, nevertheless, it's always, always fun to compare the different places we're all from. So, uh, but yeah, I want to, you know, First and foremost, I want to talk a little bit about uh, this this film that you're working on. So, give me the the inside scoop about everything going on. Are you are, what's what's your role in this film that you're you're working on? Yeah, so um, it is uh, the first film I ever made on my own. Um, you know, I, I actually made another one earlier this year, uh, which I'm about to start submitting to festivals. But um, I wrote it, I produced it, and I starred in it. And I guess the unique thing about this film is that I'm kind of like really the only 
character in it. And that was purposeful um, because there is one other actor who's in a couple of different scenes, but um, the film is about a social media influencer who basically has a nervous breakdown because of too much focus on herself. And it's a psychological thriller. If I had to compare it to something, it would be like a black swan. So it's that, um, you know, craving for perfection and approval from others. And uh, it really came about because, you know, I had interviewed so many people who had used social media for their jobs, whether they were an influencer or a celebrity. And I really did see several people have what I would call like breakdowns because of this idea that they had to constantly project this aspirational lifestyle. And uh, one of them I actually was pretty close to. And so I just kind of became very fascinated by this idea of, you know, putting your life out there, what it feels like to have to like kind of keep up with the Joneses online, um, you know, why people would want to do that and why people quite honestly are so fascinated by, you know, this sort of, uh, again, I would go back to the term aspirational life. So a friend of mine and I got together, he's much younger than me. He's actually closer to your age. And I had uh, actually met him when he was in college because I had been in a few of his student films. And we just started talking about this concept because he obviously being in college knew a lot of people that, had big social media followings, kind of took it a little bit too seriously in his eyes. And we flushed out this really interesting character and sort of shot the film almost like a documentary. Like a lot of it was improvised, which um, if anyone's done acting, I, I like improvising. It can be very challenging though, because you literally mm -hmm. have to like live as the character. Um, but what came out of it, I think is a really great 15 minute film. I, I believe it's very, uh, kind of realistic and sort mm -hmm. of like a gritty, almost kind of hard to watch sort of way. But mm -hmm. um, it's been getting a lot of traction at film festivals. It actually just was a finalist in 10 and it won in two different categories. And so it's sort of my first entree into, you know, putting myself out there as an actor and a filmmaker, which is very exciting. Yeah. And, you know, I was reading a little bit about the film, just what I, I've seen you post online and different things. And I particularly was was interested in it because I I'm someone that has grown up where the internet has always been a thing. Like for I, I was I was born in 2000, 22 years old, and uh, you know, obviously the, I don't know when the internet like was officially a thing, but for me, I can't remember a time where like smartphones weren't around. I, computers have always been around, and even you know into my early adolescence, like social media was always a big thing. I remember when. Facebook was all the rave and then Instagram was a big deal when I was in high school. And then it's just multiplied on and on and on. And since then, and something I've been particularly interested in is just the impact that has had on people like my age and, and younger, because I have, I've, I've even mentioned it on, on the podcast before I've had my own, like, uh, kind of love hate relationship with social media, because in some ways it's great. Like you can, I, I would not be speaking with you right now if it wasn't for social media. We've never met before. You're in London. You're not even from like we we would likely never have crossed paths if it wasn't for it. And that's great. That's awesome. But at the same time, it can do exactly what you're you're kind of uh, getting towards with this film is that it can so easily turn you into uh, this individual that seeks to be perfect in every way. Like you're always comparing yourself with every single individual and everything you see on that screen which can be a really tough thing to deal with. I think, especially for anybody, but especially if you are in your, in your early adolescence, like, you know, me, whenever I was in high school or even in your twenties and thirties, like 
that's a tough thing if you don't have a healthy relationship with the other people around you regarding how you compare yourself to them, you know? And so I think that's a, I, I mean, I'm sure there have been other works of art and other pieces that, that explore this idea, but I think it's really interesting that that's kind of what you're diving into with this character is, is seeing uh, not only someone who uh, is, is on social media, but you, you make it sound like they're, they're someone who's like, who is considered a, an influencer, quote unquote, nowadays, like someone who has a large following or someone who uh, has people that that keep up with them on social media. I can only imagine for those people in real life, that's a, a dynamic that I I know very little about, you know, just because you have so many eyes on you at all times, you know? Yeah, exactly. I mean, and, and she kind of, you know, um, again, I would say like, tries to keep up with the Joneses, you know, she's trying to, again, project this image, uh, really, because she's unhappy with herself. I mm-hmm. mean, and, and that's kind of what the crux of the film is, is, you know, you you really see there was like this trauma that she went through, and it made her want to like create a totally different identity. Um, and so, yeah, it is interesting. I mean, because I agree with you. I mean, I think it's great in some ways. I love your example of how we wouldn't be doing this if we hadn't connected on LinkedIn. Um, there's certain platforms. I like LinkedIn a lot. I, I think it's really cool. I I think it tends to be very positive and um, more business oriented, kind of straightforward about mm-hmm. people just promoting their brands. Um, I think what I became kind of fascinated by was I did a lot of research, you know, just by using social media more and even like mm-hmm. posting on there more than I normally would. And I even found as like aware as I was because I'd done so much research on the psychological effects of it. Mm-hmm. I would have that thing where I would like put something up and be like, well, why did this not get a lot of comments or likes or, you yeah. know, put something up and then be like worried, like thinking about it as I was like out doing other stuff, like, Oh God, was that too much? And I'm like, I, for me, it made me like very anxious. Yeah. It was very yeah. weird. No, no. I, I know exactly what you're talking about. I remember that the, the one that I've always had the most trouble with regarding my like relationship to it has always been Instagram because, uh, it, it was a, when I first got on there, it seemed like it was just a way to just, express your life, you know, like you're just going to share pictures about, you know, your life and what you're doing. And when I first got on, like I'd put a picture of something and it'd get like 10, 15 likes, you know, just people that know me like, okay, just throwing me some kind of pity likes. Now, like, as I've gotten older, like I know more people and just statistically speaking, the more people I know, more people are are likely going to follow me, which means there's probably going to be more likes. And so now it's like, if I don't get this many likes for every picture, I'm like, oh, what, what happened? Like, what was wrong with this one? Am I, am I doing something wrong? Did they not like the picture? Like what, what's, what's the problem with this one? It becomes such a quick comparison game, you know? Uh, and, and I think to like, it's not, it's not necessarily a bad thing that other people can show their interest in what you're doing online, but it can very easily go the wrong way, I think. And, and that's such a, a, a tight balance to, to have to hold, you know? Especially for people, if you're if you're in your teens or in your early twenties, like trying to still figure yourself out and figure out what you're going to do in this world, like if you're constantly comparing yourself to other people and comparing yourself to how many you know internet points you get through likes, uh, it's it's a it's a scary uh, you know line to walk on, you know. So I, I think it's really cool that you're you're exploring this, honestly. Thanks. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I was thinking about something when you were uh, just talking, I just had a thought pop in my head, which is when I was doing my first book, I thought about this the other day, because it was such a great experience. You know, I, I got a publisher when I was like 26 and I created this book that I still, you know, has been said that it was like one of the best books that was ever written about Nashville, or at least one of the truest ones um, to the city. And 
I mean, I remember like Instagram, I was kind of on there a little bit, but I barely posted. And my photographers who obviously all were like really into it because they're photographers and it's a photo driven platform were constantly saying, you know, well, we should be posting behind the scenes photos. And I didn't want to do it because I was just so immersed in the process. And I felt like that kind of took me out of it, trying to like document what we were doing while we were doing it. So I have a few behind the scenes photos, but it was really interesting because like, we didn't really do that thing that people do now, which is where they like really hype up like what they're putting out there and they like document every little thing. So almost by the time that it comes out, it's sort of in a way, like I've at least for me, like less exciting. Um, and my experience was, I mean, it, I was just totally present. And then when the book came out, it was like a sensation because I think people didn't really know anything about like me or like the project and they were just really intrigued by it. Um, so I've always sort of thought that was funny because I've had a lot of interns who are around, you know, your age or younger. And they would say, oh, man, if I were you, I'd be like filming myself all day, like writing or like acting or whatever. And I was like, yeah, see, I, for me, that would be very like odd because I think, again, it would like make me too self-conscious or like take me out of like the present moment. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and I, I definitely do want to ask you about uh, one, one of your books here in just a little bit, but I want to hear also, so you, you mentioned to me that, uh, the, the film has been, um, it either has, a, it either has won or it's been nominated for a couple different awards so far. So what are, what are these awards that it's, has it won them or has it, is it up for like a nomination on these, on these awards? Yeah. So the young uh, director that I'm working with, Carter Bowden, he is very, very talented and very savvy when it comes to getting, you know, stuff into film festivals. And so he had submitted it to a bunch of them. There are, you know, monthly film festivals all over the world. And so uh, we were accepted as a finalist into 10 um, so far. Uh, I guess it's still kind of the jury's out about a yeah. few. Um, and then we won best thriller at one, which I thought was really interesting because I didn't really know the film was a thriller. I, you know, <laughs> I knew it was like a psychological drama, but I was like, oh, that's kind of cool to see like yeah. perceived in that way. I like that. Um, yeah. And then um, I believe we won another award for his directing. So uh, yeah, that's kind of the nice thing. I mean, it's like, you know, once you get into that world, I don't really know too much about it. He's more the expert, but yeah. um, there are all these film festivals where you can really like just kind of place your work out there and have other people, you yeah. know, either affirm it like ours did, or maybe like say, oh, well, this thing sucks. And so um, I thought it was really cool. I mean, cause you know, I, it's like you make something and you put so much time and effort into it. And especially something like a short film, I mean, basically made it just as almost like an experiment and to have something for our portfolio or to show like potential investors. And you just don't know if like other people are going to like it. I mean, and so it was very like interesting, like, oh, wow, well, you know, we got accepted in like a film festival in like Paris and they loved it, you know, and then another yeah. one in um, Spain. Yeah. I won best thriller there. They saw, saw it as a thriller. So I just always found it really fascinating. It kind of reminds me of when my first book came out where like, mm -hmm. I mean, um, I remember I got an exhibition around it at Vanderbilt and they thought it was like a social justice project. I'm like, let's go with that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sure. Like, sure. <laughs> Why not? Yeah. Yeah. And, and I imagine that's very validating because like I said, I, so growing up, I kind of alluded to it a little bit in the beginning. I'm, I don't consider myself to be like a very traditionally creative individual. What I mean by that is like, um, you know, I, I took art class in high school and like, I wasn't bad at it, but I was not like the standout in the class. I've never been just like a natural at like musical instruments or things like that. Like, not that I, I can't do it, but I've never been like the standout, you know? Uh, and so of the few, like even somewhat to a degree with, with this podcast, 
of the few things I've ever tried to do where it requires a little bit of of flexing those creative muscles. It's always very the 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 thing that makes me want to keep going is whenever someone or some somebody says, "Hey, what you're doing is great." Like in your in, in your uh, situation, it's getting awards like this, or it's someone saying, "Hey, I, I saw your short film and I really enjoyed it." I, for me, that is like that's all I could ever ask for because you know, when I put stuff out for this podcast, like, I don't know who's going to listen to it, but the fact that someone went out of their way to say, Hey, I saw what you did. I thought it was great and keep up the good work. That is to me, just like, I can't ask for anything else. So I, I imagine that's, it's a similar thing for you, even though, you know, it's, it's a short film. There's a, you know, there are in, in the world of filmmaking, there are giants to aspire to. Uh, but even at that, like taking those small steps and having those awards and those accolades given to you, I imagine is incredibly validating for you. Oh yeah, of course. I mean, and I, you know, I, I, I think that's wonderful that you, I, I think, you know, what I always, I've had a lot of, I guess, younger people I've kind of mentored over the years. And what I always try to impart on them is like, celebrate any little thing. I mean, yeah. I, I think I'm pretty good at that. Cause I, um, I don't know why I'm good at that, but I'm pretty good at like at, at receiving compliments or mm-hmm. you know, if someone sends me a very nice email and says, you know, Hey, I watched your Ted talk. I really loved it. You know, this is what moved me. I'll like really take it in because I think, um, it's so easy to just, again, you know, to social media, compare yourself and say, Oh my God, you know, but you know, I'm not this person. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, for me, it was like when I did my first book, I mean, um, and then I ended up writing two more after that. I mean, I was just kind of amazed that I was able to like do something of that level. And uh, maybe that's speaking to the fact that like my expectations for myself weren't as like high as they are now. Um, But I think, yes, to make a film and to even like figure out that process and then to have people actually like it. It was a wonderful feeling. And I think that's what, you know, keeps me going. I mean, you know, clearly some years it's obviously not been the money. So (laughs) I I think it's definitely, it's, it's being able to show stuff that you made that you're really proud of. Hopefully it moves people. And then um, it's being able to, you know, find other creatives like yourself and connect with people through it. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. So I, I want to ask you, uh, talk to you a little bit about your book. I know you've written a couple different books, but the the one that I see is the, is kind of the standout. The one that's talked about the most is this book about. Uh, it's is it called Nashville Conversations? Is that what it's called? Yeah. Yes. yeah. So so talk to me a little bit about that because I I have I mean obviously what we're doing right now like we're having a conversation and I consider myself to be a fairly uh, extroverted individual. Like I like having good conversation with people. I like meeting new people. And in a, certainly in a city, I was just there recently, certainly in a city like Nashville, there's no shortage of people to meet. Uh, but I want to ask you a little bit, what was your experience like with that book? Because from what I read, and, and I think you also alluded to it and talked about it a little bit in your Ted talk is that, um, it wasn't like these, all these individuals were, were not individuals that you knew intimately, you know, entirely. Uh, and, and so what was this experience like getting to meet these individuals, talk to them, learn more about them? And, and how did, how did this idea for this book even come around to you? Yeah. I mean, that's a great question. I, you know, and I, I do allude to it a little bit in my Ted talk, which is I really had moved to Nashville. Uh, you know, I, it was kind of a spur of the moment thing. Truthfully, I, was ready for a change from living in Chicago. Um, and I had the opportunity to move there with my boyfriend at the time. And quite honestly, I mean, it was two things. I was really burned out from freelance writing. I was really, really lucky that at a young age, I was getting hired a lot to freelance write, but 
having to like constantly do it for other people, I had felt like I had sort of lost myself in the process and I, you know, my kind of creative juices were being stifled a bit. Um, and then honestly, I was just sort of lonely. I mean, it's really difficult moving to a different city. If you don't know anyone, I've actually kind of gone through that again this summer in London. And I went through it actually earlier this year because I was living in North Carolina for about six months. And so really for me, the interviews were a way to just uh, figure out like what was going on in the city and mm-hmm. who was there and I was very lucky. I ended up connecting with like the top people in town. So good people to, <laughs> good people to you know, meet like right away when you get there. Um, yeah. so, you know, I wasn't like, I was meeting just like the janitor at like, you know, the bars. <laughs> thing. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, I, I just, I was very bold and I think kind of when you have nothing to lose, it's like, you just go for it. And so I, I really just, I was amazed because I, I had, you know, no experience, obviously writing a book and really no business doing it either. I was like 25. Um, but I just wrote a pitch and I think, you know, if you are someone that takes yourself seriously enough and you sound confident, I, I believe most people will say yes, or at least consider it. And so um, the interesting thing about that project was I just started reaching out to like the top chefs and artists and musicians in the city, some of them very famous. And I really got a very small number of rejections. I think also I had arrived at a really great time where like the city was kind of exploding, but it wasn't how it is now where there are like people on top of people that, you know, are probably honestly doing similar stuff to what I was doing. And so- Um, And then I also had the benefit of, I had a really great photographer uh, who I had actually dated. And so we were still really good friends and very close. And he, um, at the time was very, very well known. And I had been, you know, shooting stuff like Rolling Stone covers and knew all the, you know, famous people in town. So I think like him just kind of taking me around and sort of vouching for me certainly helped. But I always go back to, and I, again, I always try to impart this wisdom to like younger people. Um, if they listen to me, I'm like, I think if you come across as like relatively together and you know your stuff, I, I really do believe, you know, most people will take you seriously. And most yeah. of the people that said no, it was really, it wasn't like a personal thing. It was either like a timing issue or like they just honestly didn't like being interviewed or maybe yeah. they were a bunch of press. Yeah, no, I I have had a little bit of a uh, similar realization in my own life because for the longest time, I would see individuals who could go up, whether it be like on a stage and just talk to thousands of people, or it seemed like they could go into any social event and just strike up a conversation with anybody. I'd be like, how on earth do you do that? Like, what, what does it take to get to that point? Yeah. And the thing that I've realized is that because for most of my life, I thought, I thought I was the one that had nothing. I didn't know what I was going to talk about, or I was the one that was nervous about this conversation and everybody else was the ones that had it figured out. And they knew they were the ones that were the experts in the conversations. But the reality is like, at least from what I found is that everybody's kind of thinking the same thing. Like even on a first interaction, everybody's kind of nervous about those conversations. Everyone's trying to figure each other out. Everyone's trying to learn more about the other individual. And to me, when I just break it down to the fact that we're both just talking and learning about each other and we're just having a simple conversation that makes it so much easier because it no longer for me is I'm not trying to get anything from you. I'm not trying to take anything from you. I'm just wanting to learn more about you, have an open conversation and see where it goes. Taking this kind of laid back approach. And and like you talked about, just being generally respectful and kind to these individuals I found that most people are generally open to conversations and it becomes a lot easier to open these conversations with people. You know, um, I, I think that's, that's 
a key part to uh, meeting new people and, and having conversations like this with new people. Um, and it's it, it's something that I try to encourage other individuals to do if they feel that they are um, that they're that they're nervous, you know, in, in social situations or in any situation where they're meeting someone new or they're talking to someone that they're they're somewhat unfamiliar with, you know. I was going to say to your point, um, I love uh, what you said, because I would say the success of my first book is really based on the fact. And, and I mean, my whole interviewing career, I always you know, joke about this, but it is the truth. Uh, people love to talk about themselves. And so, you know, once I figured that out, I mean, it was much easier to approach someone like a celebrity, um, you know, or someone that I thought was maybe like out of my reach. Um, and, you know, I, I, again, I just think that that's kind of like, the golden rule is that it doesn't matter if it's someone that's really, you know, famous or just like a normal person. I think most people really enjoy sharing about their lives and what they've learned. And, um, you know, I think it's about connecting, but I also think, you know, it's just like a, it's a common fact. If you want to start a conversation at a party, I mean, you just ask the other person about themselves. So, I mean, to be honest with you, like I, actually, um, I consider myself extroverted, but I'm not like the person that's great at like a big party where I don't know anyone. I tend to get really anxious. So I think in a way, I mean, the interviews were probably like a coping mechanism for like my own anxiety, you Mm -hmm. know, because you kind of put like the, uh, the onus on the other person. Yeah, no, I, I, the, the part about, uh, people love to talk about themselves. Like that is definitely one way to get a conversation going for sure. Uh, something I've learned as well, which it, it sounds so incredibly obvious when I say it, but every time I say it to myself and also to other people, they're like, Oh, that's, that's a great point is I, I realized so often that during conversations, I would be thinking about what I was going to say next. So like, I'd be, I'd be sitting there and the other person would be speaking and I'd be considering like, okay, what do I need to say next? What should my response be? So on and so forth. And I'm not sitting here suggest I'm not going to suggest that you shouldn't think about what you should say, but I think one of, if not the most important thing in a conversation, if you really want to have a good conversation and meet this person and learn more about them and really stay engaged in the conversation is actually listen to what they're saying. Because so often I would, I would be speaking to someone and they'd go on and on and on, and it would just kind of just go over my head and they would stop talking. They'd, they'd finish whatever their thought was. They'd finish speaking and I'd realize, oh, wow. I wasn't even paying attention to what they were saying. <laughs> and it sounds so simple, but actually listening to, to an individual and hearing what they have to say, not only, I think that means a lot to that individual. Cause I know, I know whenever I'm speaking to someone, I can tell that they're listening to me. It, it shows uh, a immense amount of respect on their part, but it makes for great conversation. It makes, it makes for um, a great interaction and on it, usually it forms a great relationship with that individual in the future as well, you know? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I think when I, when I used to teach conversation workshops, occasionally I've done a couple and I, I, I enjoyed it quite a bit, actually. I mean, you know, it was like how to be a human one-on-one. I mean, you know, it, it was just, uh, I would really like think a lot about the conversations I would have in my daily life and reflect on the fact that most people I could tell weren't listening. And I could tell that because I am a very good listener and I don't really think about what I'm going to say next. Of course, every once in a while, I mean, it's like, I, you know, again, I'm a human being and it's like, I'll, I'll think of something and, you know, interrupt or, or yeah. try to get in my two cents. Uh, 
because I don't want to forget that thing. But I, I really, you know, do think that, yes, most people have formed a bad habit. It probably comes out of anxiety where they mm-hmm. are like waiting, waiting, waiting to get like their thought in, or, you know, they basically just kind of want to like take the mic back in a way. And, you know, I, I totally respect and appreciate when I can tell when someone is totally present and they're really taking what I'm saying and it's not like in any sort of self serving way. And I think that that is really, um, it's a gift. It's like a present to be present with someone else. And I don't, I don't quite know what it is. I mean, you know, it's like, because to be honest with you, um, you know, when I'm trying to jump in, it's really just because I don't want to forget what I want to say because it's important, but I truly am uh, very interested in other people Mm -hmm. and I love hearing their stories and learning from them. And I just think that, the world would be such a better place if more people were just um, interested in learning from another rather than sharing what they already knew. Yeah, no, I I definitely agree and uh, and and one hundred percent agree. And that this is a good segue to um, to your TED talk because if I'm if I'm not mistaken the the title I forget the title of it, uh, but it's something something to the extent of uh, you know self-care is my self-care yeah, yeah yeah i was like i knew it was like converse conversations with strangers and so yeah um and i loved how you know there was a lot of different aspects of it and i was i was listening to it a little bit the other day and, and kind of reading the description and stuff and i think it's cool how because because if you think about it communication i mean communication is such a important part of everything we do like from a professional standpoint to just our relationships to Every interaction with any individual we have, whether it's digital, in person, in a corporate setting or not, it's incredibly important. And a lot of times miscommunications can be the the cause of incredible trouble that we don't we don't mean to cause, but it, it can it can cause that. And so the ultimate question is like, how do we fix our communication? Like what's the best way to communicate better with one another, whether it's in person, digitally, so on and so forth. And you kind of reveal this big secret, quote unquote, where if you just approach people with respect and kindness and try to be as, you know, just normal and human with them, oftentimes nine times out of 10, it goes as well as you could imagine, as good as you could hope. And it turns those kind of anxiety ridden, uh, you know, worrisome interactions into great conversations with people that you didn't have before. And, And I thought that was a really cool idea because like I said, meeting new people, having conversations with them is something that I think a lot of people worry about and have, have anxiety about. And if you can reveal this this big secret where it's actually, hey, just just be kind and respectful and approach them with genuine curiosity and humility, you'll you'll have some great conversations and meet a lot of great people, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah, yeah, you pretty much summed up I mean, the message in my talk. So thank you so much. Yeah, I mean, talking to strangers is my self-care. I mean, really was just an amazing experience to be able to wrap up, you know, it was like 11 years at that point of writing experience and interviewing experience into this, you know, 19 minute monologue really. And I mean, it was definitely a very challenging thing. I went through many, many uh, rewrites. I even at one point had felt so frustrated. I almost threw in the towel because I didn't feel like I was quite um, like appeasing the TEDx team. They have very like sort of uh 
rigid standards and, you know, you really have to get your point across. And I, I remember I was talking to my coach uh, who, you know, at this point in time, we had just sort of a very like formal relationship, but he, you know, said, well, why don't we, you know, just meet for coffee and why don't you just like talk it out? Just, just tell me what you do when you talk to people, you're known as like this people whisperer, this person that, you know, can kind of warm up anyone, you know, even the the least fuzzy of folks. Uh, just tell me like what your secret is. And I, yeah, I remember I, I told him a couple of stories and really it came from interviewing people that like scared the Jesus out of me, you know, I mean, people that were either like much more, you know, uh, educated than I was, or, you know, twice my age, or maybe they were very, very famous or wealthy or, and, you know, or I, a lot of times it was people I didn't understand really anything about what they did. And so again, you always do your due diligence. I always did my best at really researching and being thoughtful with the questions, but I would always go by that. I would think, you know, just be kind, just be respectful, polite, and just really show you're interested. And I remember I interviewed someone in London who, I mean, I, I mentioned in the talk, uh, this very famous biographer who actually, oddly enough, when the queen passed away recently, he was like all over the news because he's like one of the main people that's like a commentator. And I remember he said afterwards, you know, and I had, I had read one of his books, but I mean, you know, the guy had written like 20 and he said, wow, I just really enjoyed talking to you. I could have talked to you all day. You were just so lovely and kind and asked great questions. And I could tell you really cared. Thank you. And that was kind of like the moment where I realized like, oh, wow, that is like the secret sauce, because even this very upper class British man who's literally married to like a dame, I mean, he's related to the whole family and, you know, he's this brilliant writer and, you know, he could be talking to anyone, quite frankly, um, really enjoyed his like two and a half hours with you because you were kind and you did ask good questions and you wanted to learn. And I mean, you kind of talked to him almost as though he was like, you know, a teacher. And um, so, yes, I, I've, I've seen that work um, and I, I just... It would be my advice to anyone if they were going out for a job interview or talking to someone that intimidated them is I think kindness works across the board and it doesn't have to be in like a cheesy, you know, way where you're just gushing all over the person. I think to just be sincerely respectful and, you know, uh, appreciative of their time as well. I, I think that that works really wonders, honestly, at, at opening other people up. Yeah. And, and you know, I think what you were getting right there. First off, were you, <laughs> so you were interviewing this guy. Was, were you at all intimidated by his accent? Because I have I, found that people with British accents, they, I automatically think that they're smarter than me. Like just off, off, off the, just straight up at, you know, as soon as the conversation, I'm like, oh, this person must know something. Was that like, was that like at all intimidating for you? No, because I was living with my boyfriend at the time who came from a pretty wealthy family and he had that like perfect human <laughs> RP accent. So I was like completely surrounded by people with like amazing accents that you would hear in like a BBC film. I was yeah. intimidated by the fact that he had like staff answered the door and then I realized like that I was at a house that was like literally in like one of the nicest neighborhoods. In yeah. The and it was like, holy moly, like I am like out of my death here. Um. But once again, I don't know, it's, it's like you rise to the occasion and my thought always too, which is maybe another thing I can share with you is, and I wish more people felt this way too. I always thought, you know what, I'm here. I deserve to be here. It's like, I'm going to basically just like own it. And I think far too few people think that, and it's kind of sad because, you know, I mean, to be honest with you, I mean, I grew up in like a one bedroom apartment in Chicago with like my mom sleeping in the living room. I mean, mm -hmm. I don't you know, come for money 
at all, but I have found myself throughout my career around people that were very wealthy or yes, related to the Royal family or (laughs) very famous. And I, I don't know. I mean, again, I, I, maybe it was the way I carried myself or I kind of, you know, felt like I deserved to be there. But I think if you respect yourself, others will respect you as well. And so, um, you know, that, that was again, kind of another thing where, you know, I, I just, um, dressed nice. I looked good. I was, you know, polite. I sat there and drank my tea and, you know, didn't spill anything on myself and had done my research. And I thought, you know, I, I'm, I'm ready to rock and roll. I deserve to be talking to this amazing man. Yeah. Yeah. No. And, and I think something that it, you, you mentioned a little bit, especially when it comes to like, if, if you're at a job interview or if you are having a, an interview where you're sitting down, you know, across another person, like getting to know them a little bit, something I try to do, which it's hard to quantify this, but taking it and turning, turning, let's say a job interview and turning it into a conversation. Cause all too often I'll see where, you know, like I, I would go into job interviews a lot of times and they, you do the, the typical questions where it's like, okay, tell us about this experience or tell us about that experience. And I would just throw them the the typical answers of what they were likely hoping for, like the, what they were likely expecting. But the reality is they've heard that a hundred times. Like they've heard that from other people. And even if you're doing like a, an actual interview with another individual to learn about them, you don't want to just, my goal is to never just ask the same questions that they've been asked a hundred times. I want to get to know that person. I want to have a genuine conversation because if you can turn those kind of corporate structured interactions with people into just genuine conversations, they're going to like you a lot more. You've no longer become a random candidate that they're they're considering hiring. You might just be their friend by the end of it. You know, this, this, uh, this guy who you interviewed, who's related to the Royal family at, at the beginning, he's this kind of intimidating guy who knows a lot of powerful people who, you know, he, he seems a little bit in, in, intimidating, but by the end of the conversation, y'all might've been friends. You, you know, he may just be John from down the street. He, he's no longer this intimidating guy. You've turned this really kind of scary interaction into a simple conversation that, you know, you'd have with anybody else. And I think that's, for me, that's, that's something I try to do with every interaction I have, whether it's, you know, over a digital interview like this, or whether I'm speaking to a group of people, whatever it is, turn it into a conversation where you're just talking back and forth with people uh, because then it, it it gets a lot less scary in my mind because I can, I can talk to, I'll have a conversation with anybody. That's not a hard, that's not hard to do. Uh, but what is hard is, is, is the idea of presenting in front of a large group of people or talking to someone who's a, a real big wig somewhere. That's a scary thing. But if you can bring it down to where, Oh, it's just a, it's just a one-on-one conversation. That's a lot easier to digest in my experience, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And I think the more just, you know, warmth, I think, you know, really uh, is something that I always try to bring to the table and, you know, with, with it, I mean, appropriately, obviously, uh, you know, I, I always thought I was very, very professional, but um, just to be, uh, you know, again, just kind of approach the situation as, you know, you hit the nail on the head, two human beings talking to one another. And, and I would always share a little bit about myself in the interviews. I mean, I wouldn't go overboard. I never really liked those interviewers where you could tell they made it all about them. Yeah. Um, I do think it should be about the other person, but I always felt very comfortable if it was appropriate, you know, maybe uh, cushioning a question with, you know, something I had experienced, especially I've talked to people about what they've learned from their careers. So I would say something like, Hey, you know, recently I was maybe really struggling with this 
did you ever go through that as like a younger writer? And I think that that sort of stuff will connect with anyone uh, because no matter who you are, I mean, even if you are someone that's like, I guess what they call it nowadays, like a nepotism baby, um, although they're probably honestly the most insecure, um, everyone has started off and still has those memories of what it was like to be brand new. And mm-hmm. so I think, again, if you can just, like you said, humble yourself, be very human, um, come, you know, with the questions from a very, uh, you know, personal kind of standpoint, again, with, you know, staying within like the confines of being professional. I think that works. And I, you know, to be honest with you, I mean, your point about the job interviews, it's interesting. I was just thinking about that too. Um, Cause that was a great point you made. I actually would always try to bring in stories, uh, you know, to kind of back up whatever I was saying, because I think that that is much more memorable than just telling someone that you're really, really good at something, you know? So, I mean, framing, uh, like, Hey, you know, I'm really, really organized with like a story about how maybe like, you know, you kicked butt at, uh, somehow shaping up like a project that was a mess or something. I just think the more genuine you can be and the more uh, personal you can make it, the the more people are going to connect to it. And quite frankly, the more you'll stand out in their minds. Yeah, no, I, I 100% agree. And I I think you nailed it on the head. I think you nailed it on the head 100%. Um, Something I want to ask you about is, so you know, I see people all the time, whether they do art or whether they make music or whether they, uh, you know, similar in your case, like they, they do things like make films. Um, oftentimes I, I'm, I'm always curious, like how these individuals got to the point where they wanted to make what they made, you know, like if you see a great painting somewhere, it's like, how did this idea come to their mind? And, you know, I, where this, this, this question kind of came from is, relatively recent i guess it was well it wasn't that it, it was it was within within a year actually it was about a year ago but i went to a uh i went to a local museum and it was the first time i'd ever been to an art museum before and like like an actual paintings are hanging up there's a statue like things like that I, i'd never been to an art museum before and i remember leaving that feeling like wow like i want to go do something i want to i don't know what i'm going to do but i want to go do something and i felt like i was just charged up and ready to go try something out or go try a new project, something like that. And it got me thinking, like, I would imagine there are other people that feel this way in certain areas. So my question to you is, is there any places you go or any people that you talk to or any any interactions that you have that really you feel stir up your creativity? Because oftentimes I'll I'll hope you hear people say like, oh, how did you think to do that? Or how did you think to record this song? Or how did you think to make this painting? And I don't think most people just sit there and and you know look down at a piece of paper and write down, okay, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be creative today. Like it, it's it's I would imagine it's not as simple as that. Oftentimes, I think what happens is things in our lives inspire that creativity. And so for you, what helps you get charged up and, and excited to create something new, whether it's creating a new conversation or or what you know uh, what what it inspired you to create this film? Like what is it that gets you excited to go out and create something new? Yeah. I mean, well, you hit the nail on the head. I mean, I, I'm a big art fan. I mean, my dad is um, a professional artist. So I grew up around kind of a lot of well-known artists of all disciplines because he's a musician and, uh, you know, cartoonist. And so, um, you know, I mean, I grew up 
drawing, uh, you know, playing every instrument. I mean, I acting and then I got into writing. So I was a very creative life, um, you know, from the get go. I mean, I, I would say, you know, for me to sit down and just draw after months of not drawing, which I actually did a couple of times recently, is probably much easier than most people because I don't really like overthink it too much. It's just very like natural. I'm not saying like I sit down and like everything I like is or everything I do, I, you know, is great, but um, you know, I, I give myself that grace period of kind of being sort of herky jerky. But as far as inspiration goes, I mean, I am always looking for it. I mean, that is one of the things that I love to do when I'm in a city like London, I'm constantly trying to carve out time to go to museums. Uh, you know, even if it means that I have to like, you know, work at night instead of during the day, um, which obviously I'm able to do here because the time difference, I love going to plays. I love watching films and I, I'm, I'm a big, big reader. So I'm always reading, uh, because I think most of my inspiration, um, honestly comes from, just life. I mean, so, you know, whether it is reading a lot and uh, really getting into the style of a certain writer or, you know, it's seeing an exhibition. And like you said, yes, it, it would make me want to go out and, you know, pick up my colored pencils again. Um, but I think, you know, as far as like acting and writing goes, that's probably the easiest thing to find inspiration because it's really in real life. So I, I've sort of struggled with it a bit this summer because, um, you know, I've spent a lot of time alone in London. I have a lot of friends here, but also like, you know, a, a lot of people are busy or a lot of people are on holiday. Um, so I would say I, I struggled a little bit for inspiration in that area because most of my inspiration has come from people and conversations and, you know, like just getting really fascinated by like a certain person in my life or like a kind of a category of people, um, like these influencers I interviewed. Um, so, you know, but I, I do think inspiration is one of those things where it's like a mindset. You just kind of stay open to it and it doesn't always come. I mean, I, you know, I would say I was surprised this summer where, you know, there were a couple of weeks where I thought, Oh God, I'm not like really inspired. Usually I always have like 10 ideas that I'm ready to rock and roll at. And then, you know, those are the kinds of periods where I just say, well, maybe right now you're meant to like fill your cup and gain inspiration by doing things like reading. Uh, so, um, you know, I, I think it's, if, if I'm not feeling inspired, I know where to look for it. And I think the more you pay attention to it, the easier it comes. Yeah. And so to kind of, to kind of circle back here. So you, you mentioned the the film and everything and, 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 uh, you know, writing and acting, uh, one is, is the the film that you've been working on? I know you said that it uh, it's been submitted to different like film festivals and things. Uh, what what for you was the biggest inspiration for this film? And two, for anybody that's listening to this, what is there a way that they can view it or check it out, or in the future can they uh, you know support it somehow? Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, the the biggest inspiration for this film was really um, to just kind of put my two cents out there about what could possibly happen. Obviously this isn't in every situation. Mm -hmm. This is a dramatized version of someone that was like very addicted to social media, but what could possibly happen if someone got a little bit too hooked on, um, you know, like the social media apps mm -hmm. and, and took it a little bit too seriously and to just kind of show the effect that it could have on their relationships and self-esteem. And um, I, I wanted to make it because again, like I said, I, I had one 
person in particular that I was very close to and I saw how it just completely changed her as a person and um, you know not for the better and I just you know really felt very impassioned by this idea that if you don't have a solid core I think that those apps can again um, be very harmful as far as how you see yourself, they can kind of make you see yourself through the lens of other people and their mm-hmm. approval. So that was the most important thing. And absolutely, um, you know, we are screening the film. It actually screened in LA a couple of weeks ago, and then we're screening the film in, in London. And then I am going to put it up online because I have this, you know, great thing in me. Um, it's one of the qualities I like best about myself, which is I like to share and I don't like to keep stuff to myself. I mean, if I could have like given a copy of all of my books to anyone that, you know, wanted it, I would have, I I think that it serves no point to, to, um, just put something on, you know, a hard drive and stick it away. So, um, yes, I will be, hopefully by the time this is out, I will have this, you know, online and I would love for people to watch it and to hear their feedback. And, you know, it's part of the reason that I really uh, tried to connect as much as possible with the mental health community in London was because I wanted to hear what real professionals, you know, thought about this topic. And and if this is as uh, serious as, you know, I've observed and I've, you know, read about. And so um, I'm always just very, very curious to have um, conversations with people about, you know, topics that I have particularly, you know, really dug into myself. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I, I, I think that's awesome. And I, um, regarding the the film so where do you expect it to be up online is it is it going to be a, a paid thing or is it going to be something that could potentially be uh watched free or, or what's the the plan for putting it online in the future oh yeah no we'll put it online where anyone can watch it um okay. either youtube or like i uh, you know you can put stuff on like vimeo and i yeah. i would like to put it on youtube i mean um you know and, and i've increasingly over the years filmed more stuff and put it up there um so you know and it's one of those things where like you never know Uh, you you know i i hate i kind of hate to use that cliche because everyone uses it but i have always been amazed again by the power of the internet it does have a good side which is you put your stuff out there and you never know who's going to see it or who you're going to connect with because of you know a certain topic that i randomly became kind of fascinated by. So I look forward to putting it out online. I actually, um, I think that's the hardest part about creating something is having it and knowing what you've done is really special to you at least. And it might be special to other people and then, you know, not being ready. (laughs) So yeah, I always, it's like, uh, you know, some people say, Oh, it's like birthing a baby. I'm like, Oh, (laughs) Or like having a party or, you know, it's like uh, getting to like give a gift to the world, you know, um, yeah. there's an exciting element to it. And there's also just kind of uh, like, ah, okay, now that that's done, then I can move on to the next fun thing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. No, I, I know exactly what you're talking about. Do you have any other links to anything? I know you're you're obviously on LinkedIn uh, and I'll, I'll make sure to put the, the link for that down there. So if anybody wants to connect with you and check you out and see what you've got going on, that'll be down there. But do you have any other websites or, or links or anything that you would recommend people check out if they're wanting to keep in touch with you? Absolutely. Um, YouTube is a great place to go. My uh, TED Talk from 2019 is on there. It's called Talking to Strangers is my self-care. I always 
tell anyone who's interested in my brand that is like the, um, you know, <laughs> like a epitome of like what I've done. It like explains everything. So, um, and then my uh, website is wordofmouthconversations.com. And that has all of my books uh, that has my Ted talk. It has lots of free interviews and, you know, a little bit about me. And so um, that's, that's really kind of it. And, you know, I can't thank you enough for having me on. It was just so fun to talk about the film and actually great practice for me. Cause again, we're screening it next week. And so I was like racking my brain, like, Oh God, what am I going to talk about this film? You know, what am I going to say to these people about it? And now I'm like, Oh, I have all these like great ideas. So this is like yeah. practice. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, I'll make sure all those links are down there in the description. So if you're listening to the episode today and want to check it out, then feel free to go in there, support what Lily's got going on uh, and, and go check it out for sure. But before we finish up here, uh, as a little bit of a kind of fun tradition with the show, I like to end it on a, on a fun little segment here in a, in a little bit of a different spirit than the interview. Uh, so what I, I usually like to end the interviews with is a segment I like to call 15 quick questions. Uh, so I want to give you 15 quick questions. They'll be, uh, you know, this or that question. So it'll be like either A or B. Uh, and I just want to hear your, your off the top of your head answer. These are totally unrelated. Some of them are a little bit silly, but I want to, I want to hear your thoughts on these. So that sound good. Sounds awesome. Love it. All right. Sounds good. Well, this is 15 quick questions with Lily, Lily Hansen. First question, <laughs> socks with sandals. Yes or no? Socks with sandals. Uh, no. <laughs> Fashion faux pas. All right. Uh, number two, pineapple on pizza. Yes or no? Ooh, yes. That sounds great. Actually, right about now. I 100% agree. Uh, <laughs> summer, fall, winter, or spring? Mm, love me some fall. Nice. Yes. Nice. It is. I'm also a big fall lover. It just turned fall over here and uh, it feels so good over here. Um, question number four, who do you believe would win in a unicycle race? Danny DeVito or Matthew McConaughey? <laughs> These are great questions. <laughs> Danny DeVito, just because those things look super hard to operate. So I would imagine the smaller you are, probably the easier it is. Yeah. Yeah. It was going to be different dynamics with each of them, you know? So, all right. Uh, hot coffee or iced coffee. And if you're not a coffee person, we, you can substitute tea for this. Oh God, I'm a huge coffee person. Okay. Um, I, yes, hot coffee. I do not get the iced coffee thing. I like to be warm. I'm also a, high, uh, a hot coffee individual as well. So I, I got you. Uh, who would win in a dance competition? Dolly Parton or Lady Gaga? Oh, wow. I mean, the normal answer, I guess, <laughs> is when you'd want to go for would be Lady Gaga. But Dolly Parton, man, she just seems like somebody could do anything. Yeah, so. well, she she does a little bit of everything. So you never know. Say go with her, Dolly. All right, Nice. Uh, which decade would you rather choose? 70s, 80s, or 90s? 70s. I love that whole like uh, cocaine, like as uh, Studio 54 era. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. Uh, guacamole or salsa? Guacamole. Love it. I could nice. like get like scoops of it. I worked at a Mexican restaurant once, so I'm pretty sure I did. <laughs> uh, number nine, waffles or pancakes? Oh man. I, uh, Oh, I love pancakes. That sounds amazing now too. You're going to be hungry. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to, she's she, after this, she's going to order a, a pineapple pizza with a side of guacamole and pancakes. Uh, question number 10, Michael Jackson or Prince? Love Prince, but love nice. Michael Jackson. I don't know. <laughs> a really hard questions. I'm going to go for a walk and listen to them now while I'm eating all my food. <laughs> That was wonderful. Um, all right. Blue cheese or ranch dressing? Neither. <laughs> They're both horrible. You're not, you're not a fan of either? 
Okay. Well, how about this? How about this? What if you're, cause these are typically like chicken wing, uh, dressings. If you're going to, if you're going to eat some chicken wings, what's your, what's your go-to like dipping sauce for those? Mm, I, you know, I like them plain, honestly, but I'm pretty really? sure like we just eat them plain, like throw the bones out on the road. We're like, wow. you know, animals. Yeah. <laughs> interesting. That's a, I, that's that I've never heard of that before. That's interesting. I like that. All right. I think I know what your answer might be to this next question based oh, off of your answer to the first one. Uh, are Crocs fashionable? Yes or no? <laughs> <laughs> I worked in restaurants for a long time in kitchens. Chefs think they're fashionable in real life. No. Although I know nurses wear them a lot because they're very comfortable. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. I love it. All right. Three more questions. Crunchy or creamy peanut butter? Oh God, I love peanut butter. It's like my favorite food. Both. Uh, I think <laughs> I had to do it though. If I had to like take one with me to the grave, crunchy. Nice. Nice. I'm also a crunchy fan. Uh, would you <laughs> rather have a movie marathon or a TV marathon? Oh, movies. Love movies. Nice. Okay. And then the 15th question, this is always, I like to mix up the previous questions a little bit, but this is always the question I ask everybody at the end. And I want to hear your rationale for this. Would you rather fight one horse sized duck or 100 duck sized horses? i'm like trying to wrap my head yeah you got to kind of get a mental image going first before you can really assess it you know one horse sides down because if i lost it'd be over much faster (laughs) the other one i was picturing like a bunch of pigeons or something like coming at me and i was like i don't know i just couldn't i couldn't handle it you know i'm losing i'm going down really quickly yeah yeah if you're gonna if you're gonna you know fail you want to get it over with so i i completely understand i know what you mean Awesome. Well, that was those 15 quick questions. I appreciate it. I know there are, some of them were kind of silly, but I always like to end on a, on a fun little note there. So um, is there anything else? Uh, you know, before before we finish, I want to just say thank you to you for taking a little bit of time out of your day. Uh, I know that you're a, a couple hours ahead of me, so I know it's different over there for you right now and that you're working on two different schedules here, but I really do appreciate you taking a little bit of time to chat with me. Is there anything else that you'd like to mention? Anybody you want to give a shout out to before we finish up here? really i mean you were great I, I thought you were an excellent interviewer and it was so fun and i, I love the questions at the end i was like a blast I, I, I listened to an interview recently and they did that and i thought oh that's really cute so um no i, I thought it, you asked great questions it was really fun i um i can't thank you enough i would say um you know the only like last advice i would have is just I think um, I would love for more people just to like go after what they love to do and just like have confidence in themselves. And, um, you know, I've had like a really kind of crazy life. And the one thing I've learned is things always work out. Even last night I had like an amazing uh, kind of experience where like a series of good things happened. And I was like, there you go. You know, it's like, I think if you think positively and you're just like, go after what you love, I do think the universe rewards you. So I love it. I love it. That's awesome. Well, Lily, thank you again for, for chatting with me a little bit today. Like I said, I'll make sure to put all those links down there. So um, whenever the film is up, just let me know. I'll put the link down there. If you'd like to follow along with Lily, I'll put those uh, links that she mentioned beforehand down there. And uh, yeah, if you're listening, thank you for checking out the show today. I appreciate the support. Appreciate you tuning in. And again, one big thank you to you, Lily. I really appreciate you taking a little bit of time to chat with me. It's been a, been a blast. My pleasure. Thank you, Daniel. Yeah, awesome. you're welcome. Thank you all for listening today and hope you'll catch us on the next episode of the podcast. Bye, everybody.
Thanks for tuning into this episode of the podcast. As one final reminder, if you'd like to support the show, then don't forget to rate and review the show wherever you get your podcast or share it with a friend. If you'd like to check out any links that were mentioned during the show or follow the show or myself on social media, then feel free to head to the description of today's episode to find these links. As always, thank you again for checking out today's episode, and I really hope you enjoyed it. I will catch you all on the next episode of the podcast. See ya.